2: Welcome back to Veterans Minimal. On this episode, we're going to be talking about the UFC a little bit, uh, some spitball, and it's the NBA All Star break. So we're going to talk about the first half of the year and moving forward, what's going to be happening in the NBA. So stay tuned. <laughs> Welcome. <back>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. Know. <laughs> I don't know what I'm good doing. Boy, wow, really good job, good Absolutely nothing. We haven't recorded in a while. I feel like it's been a while. It's been like a week, but like it's because it's we're so used to the two episodes a week. I know, but like now, you know, the UFC episode we recorded a while ago. So mm-hmm. we're like, you know, oh yeah. Spoiler <laughs> alert: behind the scenes <laughs> that we didn't record that on Monday. Uh, but yeah, I feel like it's been a while. How's everyone doing? Everyone's here. Of good, course, bro. you got to comment on Ippy's uh, attire. He's wearing a, a zip-up fleece. I like it.
3: <laughs>
4: Zip Slit. to the neck.
2: It's up to the neck Oh he undid oh, oh What is that A pigeon Pigeon my yeah, cat.
4: Yeah that's hard So New York It is so New York <laughs> Sony I, I used that too. term
2: The other day Someone I was talking to somebody About just kind of like My upbringing or whatever And they were like Oh I think it was This is a subtle flex I had Asa Akira On my podcast
4: i saw you on the uh Pornhub ig story yeah
2: it's just kind of crazy because i've jerked off to her in (laughs) life and i'm sure
4: maybe others in this room have so that's like kind (laughs) of (laughs) cool guarantee a lot of people listening have too so we we were talking
2: about just like my upbringing or whatever i came up in conversation she said like yo you're so new york and i was like i say that to people all the time they don't understand what i mean but where's she from she's from manhattan Oh, so... Yeah, she's... Who is know. she to say you're still so New York? No, no, she she meant it in, like, a good way. Because I was saying, like, I when I was in high school, I didn't really hang out with my high school friends. I hung out with my neighborhood friends because I already had friends. And she was like, yeah, that's, like, a New York thing. Yeah,
3: same that's you know facts I mean? yo you know what's crazy that's nowhere like that anywhere else i know everyone's like the people you meet in high school are be your friends for life yeah
2: and i'm like yo i don't i'm like i'm cool with them like i had friends in high school i played sports and shit but like i didn't
3: yo out of high school that's
4: it like when you went home
2: yeah i was like you know neighborhood friends yeah bedtime
4: yo, the I, t- I talked to not one person that i met in high school really yeah not john. even mustafa <laughs> no the no, friends no, of the podcast? no i knew i knew john and mustafa before i went to high school
1: my two of my best friends are from high school still, Jason and Elias. You guys, know, Spanish so. up? Yeah. That's my guy. <laughs> <laughs> let's
2: Go! Yeah, shout out to them. Uh, also, let's talk about UFC a little bit. Jared Flash. He's on the he's on the card this he's Sunday. Talking about you so and why, baby. We always talk about him when it, when his fight comes around. Everyone knows him. If you're an avid listener, you know about Jared Gordon, and he's and he's going for it. It was his third fight. Third, third fight, third. yeah. Third fight. Going for 3-0 in the UFC. Go check out,
1: go check out the two interviews we did with him if you haven't listened to them yet. Like scroll down a little bit. Yeah, they Search Jared Gordon, Jared J A R E D, not E, because yeah. I make that mistake go. all the time. Jared. So, <laughs> <laughs> yo, make sure you listen to those because you're gonna get his whole story and his whole backstory. It'll make you love him.
2: Yeah, and he also did a uh, an interview with Ariel Hawani, which was really good. A lot of people were hitting me up after that, like, yo, I didn't know this about him. I'm like, dude, I know. <laughs> like
3: this guy is like the real deal. Uh, Did you see how UFC was promoting him on the? UFC oh yeah, on the Instagram, right? Yeah, they were signing posters and they put a picture of him was Queens Oh shit, let's go. so that's New York. That's so dope, man. That's mad New York.
2: First of all, Jared looks exactly oh, with like an
3: Obey hoodie and a Queen. <laughs>
2: looks just like the Punisher. If you watch that on 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 uh, Netflix, looks just like him. It's great. <laughs> Yo, yeah, so change his name.
4: What's dope is uh, if you listen to that Ariel interview. You could tell that he has, like, his story is well documented on here, what he's been through. He has such a great story that they could sell on, like, a pay-per-view card. Oh, yeah. And people would get behind them if you just dig into it. Like Tim said, go back and check out the episodes that we did with him. He's Uh, a big favorite this weekend, right? uh, Yeah. He's the second biggest favorite on the card. Most expensive player on DraftKings. Which is,
2: yo, can you, like, that's a feat in itself. Like,
3: that's awesome.
4: That's fire, yeah. I took a screenshot. I'm like, yo, this is so sick. That is sick. Yeah. Most expensive. Most expensive, yeah. Shit.
3: You know what's crazy too our sources (laughs) nah my friend eric he's like always (laughs) in contact with him he actually introduced us to him Mm -hmm. uh said that he's if he wins in his post fight interview he's gonna try and ask for a fight on the brooklyn card which is filling out so it's gonna be (laughs) tough to get on there and then uh i mean if not if he can't get on there i'd love to see him fight in ac because this fight he's fighting now the dude Diego Fajeda, who he's fighting, we didn't even mention his opponent, but he's fighting uh, Diego Fajeda, who only has two losses, by the way, mm-hmm. to Poirier and Darius, so yeah, two Yeah, he's 12-2. He's, he's coming off a USADA suspension, too, a one-year suspension. Isn't this the uh, second guy that Jared fights that's coming off suspension? Wasn't uh, was in, uh D- Diaz? He may have been. I'm not sure. I have to look into uh, that.
4: I, I think that was the situation, last fight that he but, had. But... Um, S- I forgot where I was going with that thought. About Just the Atlantic know. City.
3: Oh, yeah. So, I uh, was going to say, this fight, he's fighting Diego Fajeda in Texas, and he trains and he fights out of far Texas. So, he fights out of Texas. The fight before that, he fought Hocker and Diaz in Brazil. So, two straight road fights. It'd be nice to see him get on a Brooklyn the Brooklyn card if possible, if not like the AC card, which is also filling out. But those are two cards in April, one April 7th, one April 21st uh that he could possibly get on and have like a you know a hometown fight hopefully he gets on that ac card yo, you know what i'm saying go be, hit the tables
4: sweet. too. make a weekend out.
2: i of honestly it? don't know if i could handle seeing jared fight in person like, <laughs> again because we went to ac and i saw it and i it literally was like i was out of my fucking mind there they have a video they did like a, a promo oh, yeah. video every promo video know, there's a video of, video of me like standing on my you. chair and like flexing and scre- i almost passed out <laughs> i was screaming so crazy but it yo it's it's just it's crazy that was it's legendary. so awesome <laughs> it's so cool that was legendary uh but yeah this fight's pretty good. I mean you got Derek Lewis fighting who's always a oh, fun that's time Oh my god, the Black Beast. Black Beast.
3: Um or Ronda Rousey fine ass. ass. At. And also <laughs>
2: yo Cowboy Cerrone and and uh Yancy Medeiros like yeah I I tweeted at Veterans Minimum because I I don't know who which one of you it was but they posted like uh which UFC fight was your which what was your favorite, your favorite UFC yeah, fight? Yeah yeah yeah. And Yancey has one of my favorite fights in like
4: his last recent one.
2: history. Yes, against cow- uh, the other cowboy. Yeah, uh, Oliveira. Oliveira. Yeah. Like, yo, that fight was insane. Like, and now we get to see him against cow uh, fucking Cerrone, who's like legit. I feel like this guy fights every other card. It's <laughs> insane. He takes any fight. He'll fight anybody. He never turns out anybody.
3: A three fight losing streak. Though, yeah, he's on a really ba- he's, he's on a, a really th- bad streak. But that till knockout that I put him way Betty by.
1: I, I do something I prefer over. Uh, UFC over boxing. Boxing, when you lose a fight, you're kind of off the map for a couple years. UFC, you could lose a fight and be right back at it.
2: It it depends. It, it You could you lose a fight, and then you're out of it. But then if you win that fight, then you're kind of back in it. You know what I mean? Two in a row is like hard. But when you're someone like who has built up a, a resume like a Cowboy has, you're, you're kind of just always in it. And he hasn't lost to, I don't think, anyone who's but, like... But also, shitty. think about it.
4: Luke Rockhold, he lost over the weekend, and he's lost to... He was a champion, so he, he lost, lost his, his first title defense. And then he lost to the number one contender. Right. So not all losses are bad. True. Yeah.
2: Luke Rockhold is still, I think, a highly touted fighter. And people respect this dude. He's one of the best knockout artists in that
4: division. But He wants to move to light heavyweight now, he said. And he looked terrible after that. Did week. he say but, that? Yeah. Yo, that weight cut looked bad. He looked, he looked sick. He looked like he just did heroin. I mean, that's
3: how everyone looks, though. Not to that extent, but like...
4: Nah, dude. He didn't sound anything the same. That's the one thing about the UFC that's crazy and just mixed martial arts in general. When they got to do this weight cut, a lot of the fighters say that the easiest thing that they do is the fight, but it's the build up to that. You see some of these guys, they drop 30, 40, even the girls too. They put their body through hell.
3: Hell yeah. It's wild. Yo, also, my bad, this week, uh, actually tomorrow, well, Friday night, my guy Roy Nelson's fighting again.
2: That's your guy. Against
3: Matt Mitroni, former Giant. Yeah. Who we saw fight at Oh, uh, he fought,
2: uh, what's his name? God, what's his Fedor? name? Fedor? No. Fedor,
3: yes. They, they both knocked each him other. Lidovich, yes. whatever Fedor. Whatever I was Omelenko. I had money on
2: Fedor. Um, Idiot.
1: You should have faded. Did he fight Fedor?
3: You should have yes. faded at, Fedor. At,
2: at, at, uh, what's it called? A fucking at Bellator, Bellator yeah. He fought he's him. Just, yeah, I remember. They both knocked each away. other remember out. Remember that. And then he got up first and then yeah, pounded yeah. on Fedor's face.
4: <laughs> That's what happens, man. Should have faded Fedor. Yeah. I wanted to get that in there. Yo, can I ask you guys a question? Ask away. A couple of weeks ago, we had uh, this chick Val- Valentina Shevchenko. She yes beat the hell out of this girl. Yeah, it was two hundred thirty strikes to three. It was domination. How do you guys feel about early stoppages or, or stoppages that happen too late? Because a lot of people were saying with the Romero Rockhold, he the referee could have stepped in after that that left hook that. Uh, Romero hit dropped him. Yeah. So, how you guys feel about early stoppages or late? I, I think a referee's job is really hard in the
1: UFC because it's a lot about angles too. Like some of the reasons why you could tell a guy's knocked out or a girl's knocked out, a fighter is if you if they punch, then their head kind of collapses. If you're behind the person and you can't see the head collapse, it's it's hard to tell until a couple punches later. In terms of a fight like that where it's just utter domination, probably should have been stopped earlier. But then again, like. You know, she's a grown woman, and she knows what she's doing, and her, her corner has a white towel,
3: and she never threw it, you know, so. That, that was another, like, big debate about the towel throwing because in the UFC, the way the payout is structured is you get money to show to make weight, and then you get more money if you win. So that's why, like, fighters are always vehemently against the towel being thrown in because mm-hmm. as a fighter, you always think you have a chance. But I don't know, like stoppage. The refs are in there to protect the fighter who can't, you know, protect himself anymore. Right, and they look after the the longevity. That's the fighter's job. I mean, not the fighter's job. The ref's job is right. to look after the longevity of that fighter's career. Right. So if you're if you're getting beat up and. Granted, you might not be out cold for them to stop it, and you'll get mad if they stop it. You know, you're taking too many blows. But if you're taking too many blows, like that Shevchenko fight, that fight should have been stopped way earlier than it was. There was no chance of that. Yes, she was squirming around and, like, making an effort to try and get in a better position on the ground, but it wasn't working. And the amount of damage she took was just, like, unreasonable at one point. And it's just, you know, that fight should have been stopped way earlier.
2: It's 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 tough. Like you said, It's it's being a UFC ref is, like, really hard. Because it's like basically, you know, like a crazy pass interference call on a Hail Mary is what they're doing every time they're in the ring. It's like you're either calling or whatever, because there's been fights where, you know, like the Czech Congo fight or the fucking, um, what's that guy's name? Gaethje fight mm. where these dudes are getting knocked down all the time. Yeah. And you're like, they're not calling it, though, because this guy's showing something. It's like, OK, he's kind of moving around, kind of, you know, telling me that he's there. And if you call that fight, it's like, oh, now you called it too early or you called it too late. Like, you can't really win if you're a UFC ref. You know what I mean? It, 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 it's it's really it's really tough. Uh, to I like that. that comparison to the For pass example, interference. Yeah, a it's, it's, one, it's a big call. It's like you are the deciding factor between a win and a loss. It's like you're calling pass interference on a Hail Mary. You know what I mean? It's like you're deciding between a win and a loss. And it's like some people can show something. We've seen fighters who look like they're out of it. Be, have their backs against the cage and be sort of out of it and throw like a crazy hook and knock somebody down mm-hmm. and then win the fight on a knockout. So it's like, when when is a pr- appropriate time to, to make that call?
3: The Al Hassan Homasi fight we saw at 220 was a rematch because a month earlier, the ref stopped the fight when Homasi went down. Super early. Yeah, like he didn't really get clipped. He just like, he was against the cage and he just kind of like shot with his back against the cage. So it looks super awkward because Hassan threw at him. And it looked like he got dropped, and like he just grabbed his leg, but he was shooting for a takedown. Herb Dean stopped it. And yeah. It was super controversial, and they ran it back like a couple of weeks later. So, which I is mean, which is fine. Well, yeah, I mean, just, I mean,
2: yo, I mean, that's the nature of the sport. I mean, it's just like you know how baseball was before the replay. It's like you know there's that human factor to it. It's like yo, this is a ref. He's like calling the shots. He's trying to help you out. He's not trying to see you get your ass kicked like to the point of brain damage or whatever. You know what I mean? Uh, so it's good that they ran it back, but. To someone who's like a number one contender against the champion and shit like that. It's like, that's a big deal. You know what I mean? And like I said, the the fight with Czech Congo, if you ever watch that, if you type in Czech Congo into YouTube, the first video you're going to see is a video of him getting his ass whooped (laughs) and somehow coming out with the victory, like throwing (laughs) a hook and hitting someone and just like winning the fight. It's like incredible. You can barely walk afterwards. And it's just like, when is it an appropriate time? It's like, you don't know. It's really up to the ref's judgment at that point. And I kind of like that, to be honest. I like that there's the human factor to it, where it's like, there could be some mistakes. There's could be a, a an early stoppage or whatever. But if there is an early stoppage and afterwards you kind of see like, no, this guy's fine, like whatever, then you run it back. And 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 that I feel like is something that fans want to see. Because if there's an early stoppage, it's like... All right, I want to see that fight again, though. So, yeah. like, people will tune in, tune into that. You know what I mean? It's not like everyone's over it. They they want to see the second one.
3: Jared's last fight could have been a stoppage.
2: Both of Jared's fights, I well, feel like, it, were called way too late. I feel yeah. like his first fight and his second fight were two fights where he was completely dominating and just really beating the hell out of these these people. Should have been called earlier. Uh, I can only hope for the the third one to be the mm. same. Uh, but I I think. Those were two fights where I felt like he was controlling the entire time and there was just no hope for the for the other person. Bro,
3: last fight, Jose Aldo literally came out of his corner, picked up Hocker and Diaz and dragged him to his corner at the end of the second round. Yeah, like how dude do you not call it at that point?
2: Like it's, And like when you, you have top position and you're just controlling the fight for the entire time and just throwing hammer fists <laughs> for like three minutes. It's like, dude, call this. Yeah. Like this dude has no shot. You know what I mean? Because even if he gets out of this alive... Like he's fried for the next he's round. He's fried. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's like it's dangerous at that point. But, I mean, I don't really know. I mean, I'm sure the UFC coaches the refs on what to do and what to look for. Yeah, of course. That's,
3: that's their whole job.
2: And also the UFC refs at the same time.
3: I mean, they're commission refs is what it is. Like, they're not hired by the UFC. That was the big deal about Yamasaki who refed that chivchenko fight. Yeah. Dana White like went on a whole rant. He's like, yo, we don't hire refs. And if we did, like that guy would have been gone a long time ago, Yamasaki. Yeah. He's had beef with him for a while. Yamasaki's made some bad it's, calls. It's the commissions who like bring these refs in and stuff.
2: It's state not. commissions
3: or whatever, the Brazilian commissions.
2: But I'm sure they have to be like briefed on like what to what to look for and whatnot. And and also refs the entire time during the fight are, are letting them know like you know when when they're down and Defend they're yourself. Hit. Like, yeah. hey you gotta
4: move, move. otherwise yeah, I'm gonna move. call this shit. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean?
2: So it's like and if they're not then they then they gotta do it. But
1: Imagine getting fucking pummeled by a giant man. With your, just fists in your face and all of a sudden the refs like, yo, you're going to move, bro? She's like, uh... No, I'm gonna stay right here. Help me, dude. Yo, imagine trying to break up one of those fights. That's why all the UFC refs are
3: so brolic.
2: Yeah. Big John McCarthy, who, like, moved on. What is he doing now? He's
3: Bellator commentating. Yeah, he's Bellator really? commentating. And Jimmy That's cool. Smith slid over the UFC, who was dope at 221. His commentary, like, I was who? fucking with it. Jimmy Smith. Oh. My favorite ref is the black dude
1: with the dreads and the That's Herb
2: Dean. I like that guy. Yeah. Oh, I, no no no. You know I like dude. I don't, That's I don't same. even know if he's UFC or Bell but the dude has the, the long beard. ass mustache. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's guy. That's my guy. Is he that does, UFC?
3: He does everything. Like he's Oh. Yeah. He's done CFSC. He
2: looks like a Viking. I, I don't even <laughs> know his name, but like he's awesome. Tim <laughs> you ever see that guy? <laughs> Probably mustache. He has braided mustache, braided like downstairs. from his face to <laughs> below his, his kneecaps. Knees. Yeah. I would I would remember that. It's awesome for sure. Bald too. But I always say that I when we when we went to the Boston fight and it was Stipe versus Nagano. I was like, ew, I feel bad for the ref right now because he's going to have to break up a fight and it's going to be like impossible. It's like, fuck, it out of the way. Uh, but yeah. Um, anyway. Watch that fight. It's
3: it's <laughs> on uh, Fox Sports, so it's free to the public. You know, It's the visa Prelim. Yeah, go, su- go
2: support Jared Gordon. That's our was guy, that, man. Go that, follow him on Twitter.
3: It's the feature prelim for Jared. Yeah. There's some big names on there too. Sage Northcutt is fighting on the card. Yo, feature prelim is...
2: Yo, Stage North cut. He's if, progressed. If he, if he would just win a couple of fights, I feel like they would push him like crazy. They pushed him before he like
3: lost to McKee Gong, got choked. Yeah. But But uh he won his last fight and looked much better.
2: Dude is ripped. Yeah. Guys, is <laughs> solid. he posted
3: today on fucking Instagram of him cutting weight and he I don't know what more know weight what, he's going to cut. I know. When I, when I heard,
2: when, when Eric was like, yo, Yoel Romero, he like is three pounds over. He has to lose three pounds in like two hours. I'm like, <laughs> yo, how does someone that lean lose any pounds? Yeah. Like, that dude is ripped. Like how? Uh, but yeah, go check out Jared Gordon. That's our guy. Uh, go support him. Uh, follow him on Twitter at uh, JFlashGordonMMA. Um, but yeah, that's that UFC. That's our <laughs> shit. Um anyway, uh let's get to spitball real quick, huh?
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: Starting with uh metal count. Uh we got the Winter Olympics going on right now. I don't know if you guys have been watching, but I've been watching and I've been it's been fucking crazy. Yeah, I, I, watch, white?
2: I watched Slalom the other day for
1: like hours. What what's <laughs> the late what's the girl who goes down who is the skiing Phenomenon um, Kim? Uh, Chloe no 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 oh, fuck, No that's that the That's a snowboarding phenomenon I, yo, Wait, I was just I was
2: just watching her Ski, yesterday
1: Skiing in the Olympics The oh, American uh, girl She she, his girl. she really no, no 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 She's no. gonna lose her chance To go for five gold medals Because of the weather But Oh yeah me- Michaela Schifrin Michaela Schifrin That's my girl She is She's hot She's hot is we'll she? See? Yeah, she is. I haven't she seen is.
2: her like without Michaela Shiffrin's hot. Without the windbreaker. Without her ski
4: gear. <laughs> up. First yeah, of all, she
2: has won every medal that a, a skier could want in the world. It's all about just whatever her mom is her coach who was also a ski uh champion. Fire. fire. Yeah. Everything about that fire. But
1: we are under, unfortunately the United States, you know, not known for our winter sports, more of a summer uh Olympics uh killer, but we're in fifth place right now with eight medals followed by the Net I mean um preceded by the Netherlands with, uh, in fourth place with 12 medals. Canada is in third place with 13 medals. Germany is in second place with 15 medals. And Norway is in first place with 17 medals. In terms of gold medals, Germany is leading with nine, followed by Norway with six. The Netherlands and the United States are tied with five gold medals each. And Canada is fifth with four gold medals. Michaela, great
2: girl. Yeah, she's great. But uh, I just want to let you know, the other day, I was watching uh, figure skating. Very involved. So oh, I was d- fully in it. Didn't I tell you, man? Give me the, some. the Germans killing it. The Germans were phenomenal. First of all, I'm watching it. I'm with, I'm I'm fucking with. I'm with Sammy, and we're watching the Germans go. I'm like, that was unbelievable. <laughs> 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 and then we're like, we got we. And now they're like the the announcers are like we got to wait for the Chinese to come up and see what the Chinese could do. I was like, well, we're not changing the channel now. <laughs> I was like, I gotta see what the Chinese are doing.
1: Did you see the the Germans dude, won though? The dude from America, the very flamboyant. Guy? No. He killed his run. Killed it.
2: And what figure skating? No, this is this is pears. Oh, pairs, pairs. I, yeah, I, I was, I was watching, watching pairs. the singles. Yo, first of all, pears figure skating is one of the most absurd things I've ever seen in my entire <laughs> life. It's like it's, it's easy to make fun of figure skating, but like these people are, are fucking incredible. Yeah. The dudes are just like jacked and tossing girls in the air and they're spinning nine times. It's it's insane. And then landing on one foot on ice. Yeah. It's, unlike, it's, it's out of control. Unlike one-inch blades. Yeah, it's ridiculous.
3: Um, all right, next we got retiring Roy. Uh, Roy Halladay's number will be retired on opening day. Uh, nice tribute by the Jays to get that done right off the bat for a player who was the face of that franchise for close to 10 years and a player I hated seeing in that Blue Jays uniform close to 10 years. It was like an automatic win anytime he went out there. Same thing when he was with the Phillies, man. Yeah.
4: Just a catalyst for that team.
2: Uh, Not my president.
4: <laughs> U.S. Soccer has hired Carlos Cordero as the new president for the entire U.S. soccer program. He was the right-hand man to Galati, the former president. So uh, a lot of people are not thrilled with it. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of it, but let's give this guy a chance. I know uh, anytime we hear about new presidents giving them a chance, <laughs> it hasn't really been that popular. But yeah, uh, new president involved.
1: Uh, hot stove cooking uh, A little bit more action from the MLB uh, Two under the radars I wanted to share with you Ray signed Sergio Romo Former Giants closer Rangers signed Trevor Plouffe um, Aaron Rodgers boy um, And also the Mets got Todd Frazier To fill that third base uh, hole uh, That's been left by David Wright And the Cubs with the big move signed You Darvish You need that rotation that uh, was Tim's bar last year when he picked him for Cy Young. Remember that? <laughs> remember? He, he, was, he was in the you. race for a little while there. He got injured. But. <laughs> <laughs> you, Darvis, let's see if he can bring the Cubs back to the promised land.
3: Kingpin. Esteban. Loaiza, former oh major league God. pitcher. <laughs> caught with 22 pounds of blow. 22. 22 pounds he of blow. He made what over 40-plus million dollars in career earnings. Why? Like, what happened that you have to resort to going back to not not go back to it but what happened that you have to resort to going to the drug game it's funny because royal
1: holiday won the Cy Young the year that Esteban Loiza had that monster year
4: around Europe we go Champions League resumed this week Juventus 2-2 tie against Tottenham Basel lost 4-0 to Man City at home Real Madrid stole one 3-1 win over Neymar and PSG and Porto got bent over and treated like uh (laughs) never mind by (laughs) liverpool 5-0 win in portugal um it was fun to see the champions league resume i have a question ask away so juventus was up two nothing in their game psg was up one nothing in their game and then they started playing ultra defensive played to not lose right at what point do you have to continue to be aggressive we've seen that in the past with teams. The Falcons in the Super Bowl, they got, you could say, too aggressive, right? At what point does, you know, the sportsmanship of running up the score on somebody go out the window? Because you see it way too often where teams just let up and then they get bit and they become uh, the laughing stock.
3: In professional sports, the score never goes out the window for me. I think in any sports, honestly. No, uh, no, no, like in youth sports, kids, you know, you're told to chill if you're beating up on... You know, another group of kids. I got
1: mad at a coach for for stealing bases. They were up, like, 19 nothing on my yeah, JV squad like last Yeah, that's, like, U-sports is different. That's totally different. Stop stealing bases, dickhead.
3: Stealing bases, too, but I'm not, like, putting up points is a different thing. Yeah. Like, if you could score, you could score in any sport. I mean, there's always a chance of a comeback. The clock, like, the clock is... You could run it out. You can't really run the clock out in soccer. I'm saying you, you could pass it around, pass it around. You can't run the clock out in baseball. There is no clock, and you got to play the full nine innings. So... I'm all about putting it on, pouring it on. It's funny because we were in we, we went to Baltimore a couple of years ago, me and a couple of my friends, and Jacoby Ellsbury, I think, stole home on a throw down to second. And the guy turned around, flipping out. You guys are fucking up three runs, stealing home, played, you know, late in the game. Like, what's wrong with He's like that's terrible. Lo and behold, the Orioles tied it up and the Yankees wound up winning by one. And we saw him on the way out. I was giving him so much shit. I was like, yeah, no silver home now, huh? What's the difference in the game? And he's like, you know, wave this off, like, whatever, get get out of here. But, yo, I mean, put up runs, put up points as much as you can. I I agree. I think you got to keep keep going, especially in professional
1: Especially, sports. yeah,
2: especially in – it's your job. Like, right. yeah, you know, just beat the shit out of her.
1: You got to put – your like,
2: we saw the Eagles. The it Eagles really depends, have. though. Like, if you, like, yo, in football, I would say if you're up 42 to 3, like, maybe don't run play action, <laughs> like, to run the ball out or whatever. You know what I mean? But, like, it really depends how much you're up. But if you're if you're up 20 points, like, yo, I think go for it. Like, keep going, keep scoring, whatever. I don't think you're ever out of it. It depends, like, you know, when you're super out of it. If you're up 40 in the NBA in the third, you're kind of chilling. Yeah. You really have to fuck it up to lose that game. You know what I mean? It, you know, at that point... I don't know. I'm all for just like, yo, you lose if you're losing by forty and you give up, like that's on you. Like you're gonna lose by sixty then. But I don't know. That's how I feel about it. Uh speaking of the NBA, it's the NBA All Star Week.
4: Mm. Uh Can I give a little tip? Tip me. Bet that over Sunday.
2: Bet the over. Nick that's one of Nick's like uh
4: it's my shit. Yeah, it's like in
2: concrete <laughs> every year. It's like bet the over in the All-Star game.
4: Yo, anytime the All-Star game comes around, Dominic hits me up and he goes, yo, I think about you all the time when the NBA All-Star because you've been telling me about this since 2003.
2: I think it's hit every year, right?
4: Uh, 15 of the last 17 years. Yeah, so that's a Same. phenomenal trend. If you told me that no I could. plays
2: defense. You, you, you see it with fucking, you remember when Steph Curry just like laid down in the paint? And I, f- I think it was uh j-
4: someone was coming down to dunk. It was yeah. Giannis I think who just yeah. came and just
2: dunked it. He's like yeah fuck that, but they just they just you know
1: no, Shoot no mad three. yeah it's
4: it's it's the closest thing to a a lock, lock- as if he likes to up, say kid? in uh sports buddy be lock. Uh,
2: so I just want to know like your first half storylines like what uh what's been going on in the first half of the season.
3: For me, my biggest storyline is the Kawhi Leonard situation mm-hmm. yeah unfolding in San Antonio. Uh, he's only played nine games this season. And, uh, you know, it was a shoulder thing. Now it's a quad thigh thing. So people don't know what it is. It's said not to be career-threatening, but it's like a mystery. Like, he was, yeah, we'll send them back to San Antonio to rehab. And the Spurs now, like, you look at the Spurs who, over the last 20 years, we talked about, was it the winning games or they haven't had a losing record? They're only, like, you know, nine, ten games over. They're still in good sitting in yeah, the standings. Yeah, they're third in the West. But we don't really see that, you know. We see a more dominating Spurs team the last – five to seven years even you know more of recent up there with the warriors in terms of record on top of the west with houston but uh i don't know they're they they do not really have that athlete or superstar with him off the court and uh it's kind of showed for the spurs and now there's a rift like i said but supposedly between him and pop Kawhi's team yeah and, and the spurs organization and uh i don't know it's just interesting because Kawhi doesn't seem like that type of guy he's a very to himself low-key humble guy and for them there to be a rift with one of the top classiest organizations in sports and your superstars it's kind of weird so that's something i'm following and i've kind of been following since the start of the season and uh it's just interesting i want to see how it unfolds going forward if he's back for playoffs if he's done for the season he's shut down indefinitely right now Mm -hmm. so just something I want
4: to monitor going forward and into the offseason, what goes on with Kawhi
3: Leonard and the Spurs.
4: It's something that hasn't got what I feel like the right amount of attention for it. And it kind of makes sense because Kawhi Leonard's that superstar that doesn't really talk. You know, we joked around how he signed that $94 million contract a couple of years ago, and then he lost his free coupon to Wingstop. He was so And pissed. he was tight. It's <laughs> like, dude, yo, you just signed for $94 million. Fuck your coupons, you know? <laughs> and and uh, it's, it's, just, it's fitting that he... He's not really. It's not really getting the attention that if this if this happened to LeBron, yeah. or like even Giannis, it'd be all over the place. But it's you know it, it is in San Antonio. Giannis is a bad one because of Milwaukee, but you know what I mean. It's not a a big market, and also Kawhi not really outspoken like that. Yeah, I'm gonna I, I'm gonna piggyback off that. On,
1: real quick, just I just want to say one thing about Kawhi Leonard. I bet you he's back with about 15 games left to go in the regular season, and he's they're just saving him for a playoff run right now. Nah. I.
3: I that's a lot. That's a lot of rust, bro. That's a Bet lot you, of missed game time.
1: That 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 man is a veteran to the fullest, who's been running pop system only for
3: what nine years now, something like that. You still can't replicate game. He's game right. minutes. He'll be all right.
4: I don't think so. That's a some conspiracy theory, right? It there. is. Watch, Watch <laughs> it happen. Yo, my my biggest storyline is similar to yours. That has to do with an injury. Let's go with Markel Fultz. Oof, right Yo, what
2: is going on with yeah this, man?
4: it's everyone's asking and no one has the answers colangelo came out and he said that you know he's resumed some basketball activity but then his camp says that he hasn't and apparently he can't shoot anymore they're teaching him how to relearn yep. the the motion of shooting and he's rebuilding tissues and and muscle memory to remember how to shoot and dude this is the number one pick Right. It goes into what the Sixers have been doing the last couple of years. They've drafted guys that they knew had either injury issues coming into the draft. The thing with Fultz is he changed his shooting motion prior to the draft, too. Right. And that was a big red flag that a lot of people had because it's like, yo, you come into the draft and you just change how we know you shoot. And this is another story that I think, I think shit is going to hit the fan really soon on this entire situation. And it's just a head scratcher.
3: Yeah. It's interesting because. He's been out so long, but he was playing summer league ball right after like he got drafted. And the shoulder issues were known then, like leading up to the draft, were questions about, oh, is he hurt? Is he worth the number one pick at this point? And you know, you see guys behind him balling out, like Jason Tatum, could have been a possible number one pick. And I don't know, it's just it's a weird situation. A lot of blame being thrown both ways both from ways, the camp yeah. to the Sixers and from the Sixers to the camp. So who knows? Like you said, so it's a lot more questions than answers at this point.
1: Such, such a crazy thing to and especially because the guys that got drafted after him look so good yeah
4: so, a, a lot of them too
1: yeah so it's 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 tough uh my big storyline is the new look calves man this is uh this is a something that we did not expect uh, if you guys are looking for a good read uh watch put up an article um where he goes like inside the tw- uh, 24 hours leading up to the trade deadline. And you see all the moves that GM Colby Altman was making at that time. And you could really see him wheeling and dealing. And and he had a plan, and he executed it. And the Cavs needed to get younger. The Cavs needed to get faster. Uh, the Cavs needed to get better on defense. And what they did was they traded away their headache, which y- the fact that someone was able to take Isaiah Thomas is fantastic. They traded away their headache. Uh, Kevin Love gets injured, so they get out of that situation kind of scot-free. right? And then what you're doing now is you're you're taking this – cast of athletic, um, obedient, uh, like, <laughs> role players and putting them around a, a LeBron. And this is how teams used to win in the past, right? Before the big three era, it was the who has the most competent players outside of LeBron. And it's, it's just so much complimenting what he does. Um, George Hill I, I heard from an ESPN outlet I don't want to I don't want to say it as fact Because I didn't like Hear it from a second person Or read it But it apparently Has the best shooting percentage From the corner three In the league George and Hill George Hill Wow And that and that's his specialty. All he has to do is stand out there while LeBron does his thing. Uh, Jordan Clarkson and, and Larry Nance both bring athleticism and, and Jordan Clarkson can create, a, create his own shot. Uh, Rodney Hood is an underrated scorer. He's one of those guys who would go for 50 and then the next game go for like nine. Yeah, very but, volatile. Right, but with a guy like LeBron leading the pack, a guy like that can f- be the best version of himself that he can be. So I, I like the additions. I, I think that it's they are going forward this way and even LeBron looks energized. super rejuvenated and energized. Yeah. And it's kind of corny because everyone's kind of been saying that. But at the same time, like everyone's saying it because it's true.
3: This team reminds me of the Lakers in the late 2000, like 2009, when Co- it was like Kobe, LeBron. Like that's what I'm comparing to Kobe, LeBron. And like Gasol is Kevin Love. And yeah. then Lamar Odom could be Rodney Hood. And then, you know, got the guys playing DV. You got Jordan Clarkson, Larry Nance. They're all like, like you said, Tim, just like super good role players who would play well with a superstar. And that's what I think, you know that's my comparison and 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 i think it's gonna work out
4: don't forget they're gonna add love back at the end Mm. right and love wasn't the issue love when they made him the second option he he was playing well this year right he was an all-star granted i know it's a fan vote but he actually deserved to be an all-star if he didn't make the all-star team people would have said he he got snubbed then he breaks his hand and you know you're gonna add that piece back they got rid of the biggest headache like you said it was isaiah thomas and we touched on it last week you can't just come into a new situation and think you run shit right you don't and it, it was funny um I didn't I didn't read that article, but I heard about th- there was a play because the night before that was the Timberwolves Cavs game on ESPN and there's a play where the clock's running down and it's it's Iso LeBron on the wing and Isaiah Thomas is at pretty much the circle of half court and he's waving his hands. LeBron didn't even look his way and then he just like in in anger just put his hands on like, "Oh man, kind of thing." And, yo, know, you can't do that. Yeah. Right? You can't do that when you got LeBron on your team. Throughout the article
1: uh like one thing was evident ultimately it was just like Isaiah has got to go yeah that was their, that was our number one and also on the agenda. uh
4: another underrated thing is Jay Crowder left also and Jay Crowder and Isaiah kept relating everything back to Boston oh it wasn't like this in Boston we played defense in Boston well yeah you had Brad Stevens who's probably the best coach in the NBA and or one of the best coaches in the NBA And you had that defensive st- system that took care of people like Crowder offensively and like Isaiah Thomas on defense. So, like I said, the moment that he came in and just started throwing people under the bus, that was a big no-no.
2: Yeah, because I remember when I was saying that, like, it was kind of, like, disrespectful of this dude. Not disrespectful, but it was unfortunate that this dude was on the side of the building in Boston, then gets traded, then gets traded again, and now he's in LA, and it just kind of, like... It's crazy. But a lot of people are saying, like, this is a bold dominant guy, and he was throwing his teammates under the bus and stuff like that. So I mean, I I like Larry Nance. I like Jordan Clarkson. I think those are good like role players for uh Cleveland. I haven't seen a lot of
1: Larry Nance. I just seen highlights of him, obviously, because he lives on he plays out on the West Coast. And Mm -hmm. so but a lot of analysts that I respect their opinion have been saying that like this this is the guy who if this trade works out the way they want. Could be the best player they got back in the deal, especially if he plays. Nance, yeah, Nance, because of his ability to slash the bucket and and just play off of LeBron. The yeah.
4: issue with the Lakers was Clarkson and Nance wouldn't get the right playing time that they were supposed to be getting because they got Kuzma, they got KCP, Lonzo Ball, they got all these other uh, Julius Randle. you got all these other guys that are the same position and occupy the same spots on the floor. So that's why it's refreshing for them too. Yeah. Uh, all right, what's, what's your biggest, like, first-half
2: takeaway? I'll the- start
1: this one. Yeah. No,
2: I think that no one's
1: stopping the Warriors. I, I really believe that. I think that there's been a lot of great play in the NBA this year by a lot of good teams. Uh, the Rockets seem to be everyone's favorite. Right now, they actually are number one in the West going into the All-Star game after yesterday, and they have the highest Vegas odds of making – not Vegas odds of um, 538. You know that website? They have the highest odds of making it to the finals in the West, and you know that's all good and dandy. They have the number one, um, they have the number one, of the most efficient offense in the history of the NBA of all time, right? Mm. Oh, that's fine. Congratulations, Houston Rockets. Um, they're still not as good as the Warriors, and I'll be surprised if they take the Warriors to, if they go six games with the Warriors. Uh, when they play in the playoffs is going to be back and forth. Well, I'll get I'll get more into this later, but uh, let's concentrate on the Warriors right now. The Warriors are so good that they've never really been healthy all year. It's always been someone out, someone that's key, either Andre Iguodala or Sean Livingston or, or Curry. Uh, a lot of... Uh, Clay Thompson has missed a little time. A lot of these guys have missed time here and there throughout the entire year, and they're still dominant. They were coaching themselves the other day. They're just coaching themselves. Uh, apparently, Steve Kerr has... JaVale McGee run practices, uh, and the layup lines, and he's got players calling plays. At this point, it's just like, this team hasn't even scratched their potential yet, and the more you watch them play, the more you realize, like, this team is just a lot better than everybody else. So, I I think my takeaway is that no matter how good the Rockets seem, and no matter how much LeBron's team has, um, improved, and no matter how much Toronto, who, in my opinion, is the second best team in the East, um, has improved as well, especially considering, uh, DeMar DeRozan. Like yeah. The, the guy could you threes now.
4: Wait, you think they're the second best team? So who's the best team in the
1: East? I think the Cavs take over as the best team in the East again after this trade. So I think, I think Toronto's the best team in the East, and uh, that really has nothing to do with what I'm saying because they don't have a shot either to, to beat the Warriors. So, I, I mean, it's a good NBA season. I've been enjoying myself, but the Warriors are the cream of the crop again.
2: I was going to say, I feel like the Warriors haven't been getting a lot of, like, pub, honestly. It's like you get Cavs. They're talking about the Cavs, and they're talking about fucking houston as the best teams in the league it's mm-hmm. hard to talk about sustained excellence
3: that's good cool. yeah
1: and yeah both, both those
3: teams are making moves though like houston yeah. and the Cavs. whereas the warriors are kind of strapped and they, they're the team they are what they are and they're arguably the best team in basketball so
4: you know what more is there to like you said talk about reigning excellence yeah they i have a lot of concerns about the warriors um but anyway, I guess we could get to that a little later when we look at uh, second half outlook. Uh, my biggest uh, takeaway is the 2017 NFL season could be basically summed up in superstars getting injured. That seemed to translate and come over to the NBA. Uh, Chris Porzingis out for the year. Boogie Cousins. Uh, John Wall is out. He's missed a bunch of time. You were talking about the Warriors. Curry has missed some also obviously not as significant as the ones to kp and to boogie cousins but gordon hayward gordon hayward right off the bat right off the bat four four or five minutes into the season um it's it's a lot and it's you start to wonder what's the issues with this could this be could you save these players from these injuries and it's hard to think of a solution i mean they're trying to cut back on these three games and four nights kind of thing I have an issue with the Porzingis story as I dug more into it. Why you want to add 25 pounds on this dude? I never understood that. He came into the league being nimble and being a unique creature. Why do I... Just let him be 110 pounds and 7'3". Just just keep it that way, right? If they, if that's what makes him great, you you add all this muscle and then it doesn't translate. And, and Boogie Cousins now, torn Achilles, he's coming up on a contract year. It's going to be interesting to see. And just uh, a lot of injuries in the NBA this season, similar to the NFL. Uh, my takeaway is trust the process. Who would have thought uh,
3: the Sixers this fast? Well, not this fast, but, you know, it's come together. We've heard trust the process the last couple of years, so mostly Embiid. And, you know, the Sixers fan base and organizations as a whole embrace that mantra. And uh, it's working out for them. They're sitting in a playoff spot. They're, they're kind of clear of the eighth seed they're sitting in seventh but they're a couple games up and i kind of think they're safe barring like any you know big breakdown i think they've played 500 ball they'll be good enough to make the playoffs so uh, yeah i'm all about trust the process you know it'd be crazy i was looking back on it actually me and my buddy mark were talking about it and eric uh if the sixers took like a crease out for zingas over oka for that draft <sighs> imagine how unstoppable and beaten. Poor Porzingis would be together. But ben here's the Simmons thing, would, or they, a Devin Booker. I know it changes like the future. Yeah, outlook. Like, like do like, they get Simmons? And, uh, yeah, it, it definitely but, changes. But they had Embiid, right. so it would yeah. change future outlooks of drafts But I'm, um, you know, hypothetically speaking, if they took a Porzingis or a Devin Booker over a Julio Okufor at the number two spot, I believe they drafted that year.
4: Uh three, three, yeah, yeah. Because right uh, Lo went, D'Angelo Russell went too. Right. It's like what could have been. So.
1: Just tickling the pickle of those Philly Sixers fans right yeah. nah, I now. Mean, Philly's Charlie, got enough, it's right? It's
3: worked out. It's worked out. I mean, we'll see what happens with Markel Foles, like Nick touched on earlier. But, you know, having Simmons and Embiid as two building blocks for your franchise going forward, you couldn't script it any better than that.
1: Fuck Philly. These guys have got, already got a championship.
3: I'm kind of contemplating driving down to Philly for a playoff game. <laughs> Not yet. It's actually. right down the road, and that would be just super fire. That They'd would probably be fire. Be, It's like two hours, right? Yeah, they'll be playing probably the Celtics or the Raptors mm. if they finish in the seventh spot. So, it'd be entertaining. Or maybe the Cavs.
1: Who
2: knows? Philly's a great city, too.
3: Uh, some cheesesteaks and hit the game.
2: So, what else I want to know? I want to know who your MVP is so far this year. What year is it?
4: <laughs> Here we go. It is uh,
2: 2018. All
4: right. So, people that were listening last year are going to say that there's a lot of deja vu and a lot of, you know, we heard this story before. It's James Harden, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Beard gang. I'm letting it grow also Woo! a little bit. 31-5-9 uh, and nine this year. He's averaging. Um, for all you trolls out there, you know who you are. They keep telling me to drop it. He should have been MVP last year. He's going to be the MVP this year uh, as long as he doesn't get hurt. Their first place in the West, like Tim mentioned, he's having a more efficient season this year than he did last year. They closed out the All-Star break on a 10-0 run. They won 10 games in a row. And I think that they're the only team that could go toe-to-toe with the Warriors this year. And uh, he's the key cog to them doing so. <laughs> Uh, nah, I agree. I got James Harden as well, leading the league in
3: scoring at 31 points, putting up nine assists. And uh, Tim said the most efficient offense in NBA history. Something to be said about that. And uh, two years ago it was Steph Curry, last year it was Russell Westbrook. This year, I don't really see anyone in his way. I think he's kind of got it locked
4: up from now, I'd say. A lot of voters have uh, are regretting their vote for Westbrook. I've heard a lot of people say that. So this could be one of those things where, look... I'm not saying that they're going to reward him like, oh, we messed up last year. But, you know, he does have two second-place finishes in his <coughs> career as MVP. And both times people felt that he should have been the MVP. So I think this year, if they finish on one seed, it's going to be hard not to give it to him.
1: Uh, My MVP is LeBron James because my MVP every year is LeBron James. 27 points, 8 rebounds, 9 assists. Um, 8 assists, 9 rebounds, sorry. Uh, and, you know, listen, the dude was in a place where his team was done. He, just got, he's, he gets his reign rained on by these fucking guys who decide, oh, let's make a super team and beat LeBron. And then they fucking take his shit away. And what does he do? He goes and he's like, all right, let's start working. Let's rebuild this shit. And now he's taking a bunch of role players and making them good and showing us how good he really is. Uh, LeBron James, still the best. And that's, that's, really, the, that's really it. He's, I, he's the most valuable player because he's the most valuable player in the NBA.
4: Yeah, not he, just for the Cavs. Yeah, that, that's for sure. But I do have one big concern with LeBron. He hasn't had any. He hasn't missed a game yet. Mm. And in the past, he's had you know that one or, one week or week and a half off. Yeah, like two. Yeah, it's like two week vacation. The yeah, radical. exactly during the season. Yeah. and you know he's top five in the league in minutes. And one of the reasons why he couldn't take a break was because the team was such a mess without him, mm-hmm. right? So. It's going to be very interesting going forward what kind of shape he's going to be because, yo, look, this guy has logged so many minutes over his career, six straight finals he's been to, probably going to go to seven. You're looking at an additional, he's played in the league for 15 years, I think. Add what he's done in the playoffs, that equates to about three more seasons. At 33 years old, you know when is he going to slow down? Eventually, it's going to happen. I'm not saying it's going to happen this year, but I would like to see the Cavs, if they could get these new pieces that Tim keeps mentioning. Maybe give him a night or two off because you're gonna need to. Mm.
2: Um. All right. So, what about uh, rookie of the year? So far,
1: I'll start this one off. Anyone? I, Don- I got. I got Ben Simmons. Okay. Now I know. Yeah, I know. Does anyone not have Donovan Mitchell? Is gonna be your, your question, right? I was gonna say, does anyone have Donovan Donovan Mitchell as the rookie of the year? I, ben Simmons is my guy. For, just for this, I think that he has an effect on his team that has been greater. Um, Five games. He's also been more efficient. He's shooting 53%. That's nine points higher um, than Donovan Mitchell. Also, they're both averaging seven made field goals a game, and Ben Simmons is averaging uh, three less shots to make those. Now, Ben Simmons has no three point game whatsoever, and for some reason, struggles from the free-throw line. So those two things are definite hits against him. But I know these two guys are going to say Donovan Mitchell probably, so I, I just want Ben Simmons. Uh,
4: you you think he's had a better year than – like he's been more effective than Mitchell?
1: I just think he's been a little more efficient in terms of his play, n- not free-throw shooting-wise.
3: His shooting percentage is better than anyone would thought it would be. Yeah, 53%. You know
1: he's not percent, really jacking threes 50, 50, or shooting crazy. He's not shooting outside. any threes. He's, yeah, like, yeah. He's averaging – like like a tenth of a I'm three still a per though
4: yeah i mean so I'm, I'm mitchell donovan mitchell uh has the highest usage rate of any rookie in the league 11, 11 game win streak going into the all-star break and they've beaten a bunch of good teams too they've beaten the warriors they've beaten the spurs twice pistons raptors pelicans blazers uh 213 points over his 11 game win streak he's been the the catalyst for this winning streak that utah was on and if we were to have this conversation three weeks ago this is a team that had 19 wins and now they're they're two games back of the six seed and they're four and a half games back of a potential three seed utah has the fourth easiest schedule going forward and he's the x-factor for them man and i've had a i have had I developed sort of a man crush on donovan mitchell Woo. because uh mb and i broke this down on degeneration bets a little bit how the story about the scout, right during the draft last year, uh, scout went to Louisville, and Donovan Mitchell approached him and he told him, "Yo, man, what do I need to do to improve and take that next step when I get to the next level?" And in a world where we live, uh, the world we live in now, with all these kids doing AAU and thinking that their shit don't stink, Donovan Mitchell stepped aside, went up, and he showed maturity. He showed that, yo, I want to be, I want to go down as one of the greats, and yo, he's he, he's the reason. That the Jazz are in the position That they're in right now Can I just get an I told you so boss Because I was high on him coming
1: out
3: and I, really really don't remember I you was being high, high on him. Donovan Mitchell coming out And boss is like I really ah. don't remember you being high I remember me being like I Dragging yeah, his yeah, name yeah, to yeah. the dirt You did drag his name I to did, the dirt, I did, right? I did, yeah, yeah. All right. But I also have him as my uh, rookie of the year um, Similar to what Nick said Just going into the season You look at it The team pretty much Well not You know they tried to keep Gordon Hayward But when your superstar walks away who would have thought he'd be sitting close to playoff contention? That's where they are right now. Like Nick said, you know, a ridiculous 11-game win streak. He's the catalyst. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he's leading the way. I think something has to be said, too, about Utah drafting talent. for pretty. They've been a pretty good team the last 15 years or so, drafting in the middle of the first round. Rudy Gobert, later pick. Gordon Hayward's a later pick. Donovan Mitchell, also a later first-round pick. I think it was 11th. But, They're getting guys, and Deron Williams, even back to those days, he was a later first-round pick.
4: I mean, for about five years, there was an argument, who's better, Darren Williams or Chris Paul? Now, thinking about it, what the hell kind of argument was that that you were trying to put together? And really quickly, let's not forget, Utah traded up with Denver to get him. Mm. So, it says a lot about that front office.
1: Yo, Deron Williams was a top-three pick, but still. That's a fantastic organization, the jazz organization. They've They've been in it every single year for a really long time without top picks and
3: without getting wheeling and free agents without, out of there like yeah, joe no, johnson
1: nothing. yeah you need they're you on a very yeah they they're in a very this big disadvantaged state being from utah and in utah no one's trying to go to utah exactly. um, it's
4: not it's the only way you could keep your talent is if you draft them and then right. you could offer them the max money yeah who was that or is it gordon hayward
3: or someone was saying i think it was Stephen a like there's nothing to do in utah when it was gordon right. hayward was a free agent I was like, you go to Boston in the Northeast and like, you know, be the man in a big time city. When if the Jazz
4: de- were playing the the Clippers last year in the playoffs, Draymond Green That's said, was. "I That's was pulling was. for the Clippers, cause like L A is fire compared to going to Utah." He's like, no disrespect, but what's there to do in Utah compared to L A? That's what it was. It was Draymond. You know, yeah. uh, and that
1: I forgot what I was gonna say,
4: dope. Thanks oh, I know to- what Utah's not a cowboy rager, and I would probably agree with you. Right, right, right. But so was no, definitely. Oh,
1: if they traded. <laughs> if, if the Knicks and the Jazz trade, like, completely traded owners, front office, everything, I ba- guarantee you the Knicks would be championship caliber in, in a few years. Because that's the level of franchise they're at. But they're at such a disadvantage.
2: It's hot. It's hot. I'll be honest with you.
1: HTK, baby. Yo, the, the Knicks should be championship contenders every single year. They should. They're worth $3.6 billion, dog. It's getting hot. It's hot in here. How you worth $3.6 million you suck every year New York We're lit bro
3: <laughs> Bro the Nets are on that list That's why I'm telling yeah. you
1: guys right now Yo listeners listen up I'm making this official later this year Knicks fans yeah, New Yorkers yep. Join the bandwagon Here we go Crickets last game of the season Not a fan in the seats We need to send a message No one spend money on a ticket that day Make sure that they know
4: it's not gonna happen. Never happen. It's against the Cavs too, yeah. It's not, definitely not gonna happen. No way. It's gonna not happen. even that. You're not paying twenty five k for front row seats, dude. That's why. So if I have that ticket, I'm like, I ain't yo, sitting
1: out for that one, dude. Yo, Knicks games are impossible to go to these days too. Man, it's all corporate fucking nonsense. Man. Yeah, a lot of a lot of corporate people. It's yo, it's like corp. The I was talking to the guy who lets people to his seats at MSG. He's Like, it's a bunch of corporate people and and
4: foreigners. Well, that's why there's no real home court advantage for the Knicks because a lot of the people that live in New York are not from New York. Yeah. So they're not, your, and they work for all these companies that have all these seats. Ah, so it's not the, it's not the true fans. Yo, if you go to a Ranger game, not everyone's wearing the same color like you see yeah. every other hockey arena. In Nashville, they were all wearing yellow. In in uh, uh, Philly, the Flyer fans, they all wear orange when they give you the, the 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 shirt. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people wear it around their neck, tie like a scarf. It's because of the
1: price points, bro. You're not going to bring out the... You're not going to bring out the casual fan for
4: $116 to a ticket. You're not going to do that. Yeah, but all these companies have these free tickets. And it, it, I'm from Cincinnati, and I work in New York. Hey, you want to go to a Nick game tonight? Right. Yeah, why not? I'll right. take the guys I work with and go. Right. I have no interest. I'm not passionate about the team there. We
2: right. did. I mean, I've been to a Knicks game and, and heard crazy Miami chants like, when we went.
1: Dude, I was at the Nick game, and I was there because of Giannis there. and you know yeah. I, I was with the Fucking nine thousand other Greeks there. Every time Nike touch the ball, it was louder than when the Knicks scored.
2: Yeah, I mean, mad
1: Greeks in the house.
2: Whatever. times um, up. Moving forward, uh, who's your biggest surprise team so far this year?
1: Uh, for me, it's the Pistons. And now, the Pistons—they went on a nice uh, streak, and but they just snapped a three-game losing streak. They're six and three in their last nine since getting Blake Griffin. Blake Griffin. 28 and 6 with this time with the Pistons. But yo, this is a team that's having so much trouble selling seats that they have to put these black uh, like, tarps. tarps over the seats yeah, yeah. so people at home don't see that it's completely empty with red seats. And um,
4: Josh they, was, uh, I hate to cut you off, jo- our, our right. buddy Josh is a big Pistons fan and he has league pass just so he can watch the Pistons. He says that a lot of the camera angles that they show is uh always from the same side of the court so they could hide the seats from behind so you'll be looking out into the court and you'll see the pistons logo in front of you and it's pistons not upside down you get what i'm saying yeah yeah but behind it's quiet there's no one there and they have the black tarp covering the seats and they're decent
1: they're one game under 500 going to the break but i think my the reason why they're my surprise team is because despite all these things and this is a new arena, by the way. This is the yeah, first year. Yeah, they built a new one. Yeah. But despite all Caesar's, these things, little Caesar's
4: Palace or whatever. Yeah.
1: <laughs> they went and they got Blake Griffin, and they are trying to be real, and they're trying to do it. And uh, they saw an opportunity to get a superstar in this league, and they pounced on it. And uh, because of that, they're my surprise team. I really think that uh, I really think that they, you know, respect to the Detroit organization for not just being one of those teams like the Knicks who just. Just muddles in mediocrity and is okay with it because you're making so much money. Every single team in the NBA this year, for the first time, is worth over one billion dollars. So it's hard to have incentive to win if you're worth over a billion dollars. So, shout out to the fact that Detroit's really trying to get out there and and make a move.
4: Yeah, and the you know the big risk for them is Blake Griffin's health. Yeah. But you know they gave up Avery Bradley, who's on a one-year deal, Tobias Harris, which. I mean, Tobias Harris and Blake Griffin, you do that any day of the week. So, yeah, I feel you with the Pistons. Uh, I'm going with the Nuggets. Nuggets are two games from fifth place, three games back from third. Uh, apparently, Denver is a cowboy, rage AJ Joe. It's a very hard place to play in. Teams, check this out, West Coast teams that go to Denver and play on the second half of a back-to-back. Yeah are 5-25 and 25 this year.
2: Whoa. That's a big difference. So Holy
4: fudge that altitude. If, if the Warriors play altitude, <laughs> bro. Get their, their mile getting high already. Right. Yeah, mile right. They get, They're getting turned. So, for example, if the Warriors play in Minnesota on Wednesday and then on Thursday they got to play in Denver, those teams are 5-25. and 25, Crazy. Right? Uh, Jokic, shout out to Impey. Jokic is number one fan. It's this guy. Impey's all about the Euro dudes. All about it all about it um he settled into the he's he's playing at the level that people expected this year jamal murray has been a beast for them too they got a lot of guards that are very versatile will barton and gary harris uh wilson chandler the last week has had uh i don't know what happened but he's i don't even know where what year i could compare him to but this is the best basketball that he's (laughs) played ever
1: he's always had great potential wilson chandler
4: yeah it just never like popped Joe Kitsch is the best passer in the NBA, in my opinion, as a big man. No, 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 that that's a hot take, but he's like a a phenomenal passer. As a big, I would, I yeah, I'd probably agree with you there. An actual center, like a center, yeah. Yeah, LeBron is a big also. He's six nine, but the center position, like Vladi
1: Divac used to be back in the day. Yeah, he's he's a true Divac. And uh,
4: yo, they're they're a team that if you tune into them you might watch them and say to yourself that they're the best team in the league on certain nights and they could they could go toe to toe with anyone especially when their shots drop so they're a pretty fun team to watch and you know don't forget their big free agent addition this year has barely played for them Paul mulsap he hasn't given them anything so i think he's out for the year i might be wrong but I, I really like what the nuggets have done and and going forward they're they're a fun team to watch if they're ever on those like TNT nights they're they're a dope team to watch uh, my surprise seems is the Pacers,
3: um, going into the offseason, they were trying to bring back George, and his camp told him, you know, we're, we have no interest in signing here once 2018 comes, and so they made a move, you know, they figured if we're not going to bring him back, we might as well get something for him, and that they did, they got Victor Oladipo, who's, you know, surprise player of the year in my opinion you know his outburst he's an all-star yeah yeah well year, deserving is, too yeah should have been a starter also i thought which is you know a huge step up for him after his years with the magic and then you know he had a good year with the thunder last year giving you know he's averaging 15 points but now he's really given the chance to take over a team in indiana and i kind of like the combo they have of him and miles turner miles turns averaging 15 and six you know he's a defensive presence with the two blocks so yeah the pacers they got they I think they won three in a row after uh, the infamous rain delay oh, uh, cancel game yeah. got tucked in so very early. They're looking good. They got the Hawks and the for two out of the next three games and the Mavs sandwiches in there. So they have another chance to go on a nice little win streak and maybe move up in the middle of the pack of the East. So they're definitely a surprise to me when you trade your superstar before the season and you're competing, you know, this highly this late into the season.
1: Honorable mention to the Raptors surprise yeah I, I think there's a surprise that they're this good
4: yeah i thought they'd kind of be the same yeah they exactly. didn't really make any big addition and they lost pj tucker well, Oops, their, their know, big addition
1: is De- demar derose didn't develop the three-point shot yeah and when your best player can shoot threes now yeah yeah that's exactly. a big-ass addition
4: for sure
2: what about uh on the opposite side of the spectrum like the most disappointing team the knicks that's it the knicks
1: they had a chance. You wrote Michael this in the B. chat, so I'm
4: curious to, to find out why you mean that.
1: Because everything was so... Everyone was so hyped here, man. There was real buzz in New York about basketball for the first 20 games of the season. There was actual buzz here. There was, yeah, And yeah. I allowed my pickle to be tickled by the false <laughs> buzz that is Knicks fandom. And then I was at the game where Chris Taps fucking blew out his knee. I, I listened to the Soul of the Garden be taken out of the garden. I'd listen to it just empty. Um, there's, there's nothing to watch there now. Uh, everything fell apart. And I thought this is a team that could make a shot at that A seed. They were in the A seed for a while, um, but no, they'll probably be closer to the eighth pick in the draft than the eighth seed. Yeah. They, and, and, and you know what else? Sorry. They're also
3: just too good to be in the, like the top lottery. Nah, they're only like two and a half games out right now. It's just the teams behind them are so bad that like the race for the number one pick is so exciting. I'm, they two and a half games a out of what? Out of like the a top five pick. I'm talking about like the first the
1: first three picks, like the, the top three lottery. Yeah, they're all the best stuff together. I, I was watching it, I was looking at a thing today. Where's it where's it at here? Yeah, the, the Knicks are twenty three and thirty six, Phoenix is eighteen and forty one. The eighteen wins for the lowest three seeds, eighteen wins for the lowest six seeds, six yeah. teams, and then nineteen for Brooklyn, and then twenty twenty three. That that's a lot of extra wins. That's a lot of extra wins. You'd be lucky
4: if Phoenix, the way they're constructed, wins 23 games all year. Yo, Phoenix is awful. They've lost by 40 four times this year. The entire NBA has lost lost by 40 four times.
1: That's disgusting. They're disgusting. They play no defense at all. The Knicks
4: lost a 27-point lead yesterday, too, at half. Yeah. The Knicks were snake bit by injury. Losing Tim Hardaway Jr., despite what his contract is, uh, I'm on the fence about it. But him missing about 20, 25 games really hurt him because that was a key stretch of their season where they played, I believe, 11 of 13 games on the road. And you needed a guy like Hardaway Jr. over there, and then you lose KP. Um, My biggest disappointment, and I know they're holding on to a playoff seed right now. They're the A seed in the East. That's the Miami Heat. I had high hopes for them because I I really like their crunch time lineup. Uh, You know, last five minutes of a game, they've lost nine games this year in which they had a double digit lead going into the fourth quarter the most in the nba Oof, that's rough. um my big issue with them is you know they don't really have a guy right Deion waiters i was Deion waiters number one hater a couple years ago and he's balled out since he brought waiters island over to south beach and you know hassan whiteside was out of the lineup for a little bit uh waiters is out now but spolstra he went from being overrated as a coach because he had lebron now he's i think he's underrated but i think this team has underachieved and i expected them to be a potential five seed you know f- top four or five seed in the east so i was expecting a lot more from from the heat this year
3: i got uh the clippers mm. as my most disappointing team um i know they've been snake been with injury with beverly you know being you know early the for floor, them. yeah to Dosa's being injured a lot you know and but I just, you know, coming, this, my disappointment stands from coming into the season where I thought they'd be, you know, a middle of the pack playoff team. Whereas they are right now, if the season is today, they'd be on the outside looking in. So, you know, I'm just disappointed. Gallinari's missed a ton of time for them, who's one of their biggest acquisitions in the offseason. And now they traded Blake Griffin. So it looks like, you know, they got nice pieces, though. I like Tobias there with DeAndre Jordan. So, I mean, I don't know. We'll see. I'm just disappointed. In terms of I expected them to be in better seating right now than they are currently,
5: mm-hmm.
2: and uh what about like a second half second half like prediction bold prediction, just something moving forward? I have a little bit of inquiry uh you know what let's take it a bold prediction. My bold prediction
1: is it's not very bold is that the rockets will choke yet again in the playoffs um look, I don't know if you guys. Don't remember this or anything, but James Harden last year in Game 6 against the Spurs, which is the elimination game, 10 points, 2 of 11 shooting, fouled out with 3.15 left. He played awfully. In his career, his his shooting percentage drops 21 points in the playoffs, and his points per game differential was 5 points down. This guy is a consistent choker in the playoffs. This is going back to even his days in OKC. He had that infamous... Uh, playoffs with them
4: where he was just straight dreadful um finals he had a bad final bad bad finals yeah because he was, he was the x-factor for them getting to the finals right but then the finals yeah i
1: stand yeah. corrected a very bad final so if i yeah, listen i hate the warriors i've been on record saying that many times i hope the rockets beat their ass but until James Harden proves to me that he's more than just a regular season superstar. Like it's really easy to drop 60 on the Suns. Can you do something like that against a team like San Antonio, against the Golden State, uh, against whatever you're going to meet in the West? And then if you get there against the Cavs or the Celtics or the Raptors, or whoever comes out of the East. So when, when you're looking at the teams, and that's my biggest thing. Will James Harden choke? Again, in the playoffs, because if he doesn't, if this year is different then the Rockets have an actual chance.
4: So I, I think that this year is going to be different because now he has a Robin to his Batman and Chris Paul. Now, I know both have had their issues in the playoffs, but both haven't had each other now in the playoffs.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, Chris Paul, another infamous choker in the playoffs. Yeah,
4: so he's had really just one great series, and you could say that it was because of Blake Griffin that they beat the Spurs a couple of years ago. Because Blake Griffin, at that point, you were thinking he's the best player in the league. Yeah,
1: he, he was crazy that year.
4: The biggest X factor for the Rockets is health. Mm-hmm. Capella, Harden, and Paul. When those three start and finish a game, they are 28-1 this year. Uh, that's a very big sample size. You're looking at about 30 games. They're top five in offense, top five in defense. A big issue we've had with the D'Antoni system in the past is, oh yeah, 140 points, yada yada. Regular season, come playoff time, it's hard. Well, now they're bringing it defensively too. They brought in Luke Bo- uh, Bo- mute They brought in PJ Tucker, who I just shitted on. The Raptors losing, but that's because the Raptors wanted him to guard LeBron. Now you're asking this guy to to be a versatile defender on the wing, and you know, Chris Paul now, James Harden. It's, uh, I think it's a different team. And, and look, I'm, I'm concerned if I'm a Warriors fan because their bench isn't as good as it's been in the past. And that's been the one big X factor for them in these playoff runs. Iguodala looks like a shot fighter, like I've said. You're counting on Nick Young to be an X factor for you. This guy is, you know, he's a legend. <laughs> um, they're, they're, they, it, it's the big four and then that's it for them. Granted, look, that's four of the top. 30 players in the league on one team but i'm i'm higher on the rockets than a lot of people are
3: uh my story going forward is what's going on in la with lonzo ball uh reports now servicing that you know they're not sure what they want to do i know the vars come out recently and said if they don't sign you know his two sons jello and mm-hmm. Mello, that he'll take them elsewhere to any other team willing to accept all three of them so it's just interesting now that that came up with the moves the Lakers made to free up a ton of cap space to take a shot at two max contracts this off season, possibly Paul George and LeBron. Who knows? But, you know, when they drafted uh, Lonzo back in June, they're like, all right, that's our future. But now, you know, maybe not. They bought LeVar in to be quiet, you know, back in November. A couple weeks later, he's coming out about Luke Walton. You know, no one wanting to play for him, and everyone's giving up on him. We'll see. Lonzo's career, in my opinion, is just being ruined by the ego of his father.
2: Really? Yeah. How do you guys feel about Lonzo?
3: I like him as a player. Yeah, he's I a think player. he's a great player.
2: He's really come along the
1: past. Uh, well, he's been injured, but before he got injured, the past uh, like twenty games before he got injured, he really came along. He, he started off slow. Yeah.
3: I mean, he had that, like, the worst
2: shooting percentage of like any player, right?
4: Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't know if that's that's the, his, his that's s- history now though. Nice. my watching him he doesn't like having the ball as a point guard he likes to get rid of it i think a little too quick sometimes i know i'm nitpicking here but he's not a guy where nowadays your your point guard needs to be an alpha dog too he needs mm-hmm. to be a, a guy that could create his own shot you see around the league every point guard could do the passing and the slashing and he's a guy that there's a lot of times where he just it seems like ah you know what i don't want to have the rock i want someone else to make a mistake or or to do something with it right right so I don't know. I think his pops holds him back, though. Yeah, for no sure. one like yo. No one likes the it's, coach's he just, kid.
2: You know what it is? He just creates expectations. That's that, what it is. Like yeah, it, it that everyone holds him to is, now. Like subconsciously, they hold him to these expectations. It's like I can't meet these man. I'm a like, rookie. too, the if he
3: fails, the big bowler brand fails in a way. Yeah. So he's got a ton to deal with.
1: Yeah, and there's so much pressure on him because his pops just said, if you don't, if you don't sign my other two sons, Lonzo's walking like. That that's okay when Lonzo's just a hype machine, you know. But now Lonzo's got to play in the NBA, and he's not he's not a gigantic superstar right off the bat. What are the chances that you think Lonzo's
4: in LA next year? If LeBron comes in and tells him, "Yo, man, uh, I'm only signing if you get rid of this dude." Yeah, he's gone. He's gone. Yeah. Right. There's been some rumblings about uh, Rob Palinka, and and LeBron had dinner in the summer, and then the next day they got rid of Mozgov and D'Angelo Russell. They got rid of the Moskov contract, and now they just made a deal with the Cavs. And, you know, if you're into the conspiracies, like, hey, LeBron, uh, we'll throw you these two assets here. We'll take on the IT contract and get him off your hands. Maybe you could win a ring here with Cleveland. But just remember that in the back of your mind that you got Clarkson and Nance now, and that could be something that could get you over the hump. Also, so,
1: that opened up space for two max contracts. Two max contracts. He has yeah. two
4: houses in Brentwood, which everyone talks about every time. And I know I sound like a broken record. It's like $44 million combined. He would want to live out there in LA, so yeah, kind of makes sense. Right? I think
3: David Griffin, the former GM of the Cavs, was saying he might stay in Cleveland if they win it this year. It's hard After for you to. It's made.
4: I I can't remember an athlete winning, and what then leaving. Mean? I will say this. Uh, I'm I, trying to think. Think about how different it would have been, yo, if Clay doesn't get hot mm. three years ago. It's about to be falls <laughs> in Game Six. Oh yeah, Nick Foles. But that's a different situation. Yeah. But Clay Thompson in Oklahoma City drops like forty points, goes eleven to thirteen from three, then they win game seven. Yeah. And then you know what would have happened if KD and Oklahoma City win that series. That was a seventy three win Warriors team. I wish remember they remember that they Memorial know. Day
3: weekend. That was Memorial Day weekend.
1: That was when the NBA was good when there was a, there was
4: mad teams that were all mad good. I <laughs> had a I had a wager on the Thunder to win the championship. I was so hyped by three to one. Uh Betty bed. I think that LeBron's chances
1: to re sign with the Cavs go up with this trade though. I know that there is like this does give LA some leverage, and, but I think that, look, my thing was, I know I'm a Knicks fan, I know I'm, I'm super biased in this, but if I'm LeBron and I'm looking around the league, the team that I wanted to join was the Knicks because of, the, of Chris Stapps. But now Chris Stapps is out. I think that if the Cavs can make some noise and, and maybe just, even if they lose the finals and win a couple games, I think LeBron might be back. I, I didn't think that was the case coming into coming into the yeah. year. I thought he was gone.
3: They made moves to either keep him or they're even better going forward. With, you know, if he decides to leave, yeah. they're in a much better position as a franchise. True. Oh, well, yeah.
2: that's uh it. that's our show hmm. for this week.
1: We we don't end on picks anymore. It's weird. I know
2: it's weird. It's like <laughs> an, it's an abrupt ending. It's yeah, like, it's like you know, okay, guess that's I, it. that's it. <laughs> keep it moving, uh, fellas. Gotta go. <laughs> Um, Tim, where can they find you?
1: At Tim Trap on all social media outlets, but only if you're feeling real, real frisky.
2: Brodo is back next week, baby.
4: Yeah. What? Baseball time. That's it. Land VM 10 on all social media. At Degeneration Bet. Degeneration Bets. Sports betting and DFS podcast. break Breakdown. All-Star weekend. Bet the over. <laughs> uh, You know what I'm saying? Free money. Free money. <laughs> free smoke. At Ndevil 27 on Twitter and Instagram. I am two underscores. You already know Twitter and Instagram.
2: And you guys can follow me on Twitter at Joe Santagato. Go follow the show at Veterans Minimum and our Facebook page, Facebook.com slash Veterans Minimum. And that is all. Thanks for listening.
1: Let's do it again.
5: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in.